Like Uncle Rich's kitchen over yeah. here, right? That's <laughs> like it is. They're coming over for Thanksgiving. Welcome to the Backyards of Key West podcast with your host, Mark Barato. Okay, so this is the Backyards of Key West podcast. My name is Mark Barato, and we are with Chef Richard. Chef Richard, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. We are, so let me, let me paint the picture for the people on the, on the listening end here. We're right on Simonton, 728 Simonton. And you walk on the street, and it looks to be like this was an old cottage, right? You walk up to the stoop. From the outside, it looks kind of like a cottage. You walk inside. You have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten tables, nine tables. Um, it reminds me of going and growing up in New York City and going off the beaten path and finding these little tiny cute restaurants with like some old grandmother, not that you're an old grandmother, but some old grandmother would be in there cooking. It's like a bring your own a wine. I'm going to make it a pasta fazool. And then she would like be cooking whatever she would want to cook that day. And then that's how it was. So you walk in, it's like the, the kitchen is right there next to where people will be sitting. So you really smell in the flavors and then here I see Chef Richard. He's here. He's he's. What were you cooking? Short short ribs. Uh, braising short ribs for so tonight. He was braising short ribs. So he was like searing these beauty beautiful pieces of meat. There's spices everywhere. The smell is like electrifying. Some guy comes walking in and is like, "Yeah, I need a reservation for tonight for eight people." And he's like, "Sorry, booked out tonight. I don't know if you'll be." you will have availability for tomorrow they people's a lot he's like i dr we drink a lot and he's like well you bring your own booze so you you better bring a lot of wine then so tell me chef how long have you been in key west uh since july actually uh we started the project and renovating the building uh, july and we finished uh october 20th so you're new to key west like you just moved here as well oh yeah i just moved here and opening a business here Wow. So but you, I've been a frequent visitor for many, many years, yeah. four to five times a year right? for four or five days at a time. And it's something I always had in the back of my head that I would like to try a business here. And were you always a chef? Like, where, were you, where did you come from? Uh, you said Pennsylvania? I was Pennsylvania? born in uh, Philadelphia, okay. Pennsylvania. Uh, started out, my first job was a busboy, and I was hooked from then. Yeah. And I was kind of just a natural at it and became a dishwasher when i was in high school and uh, a line cook when i was in college and then i decided to go to culinary school and that's what i did and uh and then in in philadelphia you worked in different restaurants there i worked at different restaurants and then i uh <clears throat> was trained in by an italian chef in a very demanding fashion mm -hmm. and uh some french chefs i worked under were very demanding from europe they don't have a high tolerance for inefficiency yeah. or Americans. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they, especially people who go to uh, culinary schools, they yeah. do an apprenticeship in Europe. It's yes. a lot different. It's more of a work related training right. and it's uh, a lot tougher. Of course. And they expect you not to make mistakes. Yeah. So they create an atmosphere where at least many, many years ago. I don't know how it is today, but I still think it's the same. Yeah, uh, I would They think so. create an atmosphere where you better learn 
as quick. fast as you can and quick because we're not taking our time. Yeah, because I'm sure there's a line of other apprentices and waiting behind you. They see a new appre- an apprenticeship in Europe is a three-year thing. And each year you're supposed to progress to a certain level. And at the end of your three years, you know, you're ready to go out in the field. But uh, And if you're not trained well, it's a reflection on them because right. somebody says, where did you do your apprenticeship? And you're inefficient. Right, you're like a Jacques, and Jacques going to be mad. And he's going to say, hey. The guy you train under him. Why yeah. are you so Why do you stink? incompetent? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's a, it's a combination of dread and excitement when you're an apprentice. You want to learn, but you don't want to mess up. You, right. you, want, to, you want to do your best. But uh, it puts pressure, but pressure is the restaurant business. If you it, can't handle pressure, yeah. then you shouldn't even be in it. You but it's even... also good because it's accelerated learning because you're not strolling around. You're like, I'm, I'm, I'm making food. Uh, I could be burning myself. I could be getting my ears burned from the head chef because he's yelling at me. Uh, it's it's a very difficult business. That I think all yeah. the listeners know. If you've ever peeked in the back or seen any of those shows or movies, I'm assuming most of that stuff's real because when you have 10 people that all put in orders at the exact same time and you have to get all that food out at the same time and it's all got to be the right temperature and not be cold and all these different things. Well, it's, it's, it's pressure on everybody. It's yeah. pressure on the front of the house and the back of the house right. from the dishwasher to the hostess. When it's busy, people want what they want and they're not interested in how much pressure you're dealing with. They just want a good meal or a good drink and right. they expect it to be delivered to them. And of course it sounds easy, but doesn't sound easy when you've no. got to coordinate everything. It, it, it's, it's, it's quite a feat. And when people do it right, it's, they should be uh, commended because yes. it's not an easy thing. Of course. So when you were in Philadelphia, did you ever have your own restaurant? or is this I, your had, first? I had a restaurant, okay. yes, in Bucks County, Pennsylvania. Nice. And uh, it was a BYOB. It was a BYOB, uh, bring your own beverage. Uh-huh. I kind of, because the liquor licenses were so high. Yeah. And, you know, if your restaurant isn't big enough with enough seats, it's different from Florida. If you have 150 seats, you could get a liquor license mm-hmm. fairly easy. But in Pennsylvania, it could be, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands yeah. of dollars for a restaurant to get a liquor yes. license. And, right. Uh, yeah. And that's probably just like beer and wine. And yeah. then you have to get the full liquor license, which yeah, is Well, Pennsylvania more. doesn't have a beer and wine. They just do full liquor license. Okay. It's, it's kind of a... The state of Pennsylvania runs all the liquor. Right. It's kind of it's not like they they control the licensing and everything, and they own them. And you could buy them, but the state has a big influx in your business mm. because they regulate everything. Right. You have to buy all your liquor from the state of Florida. Uh, excuse me, the state of Pennsylvania. Wow. Yeah. Well, it's not like down here. Yeah, it's luckily, not like that. But it's still it's still difficult to get and, yeah. and a challenge. So. This is my ignorance talking because I've never owned a restaurant. I've never been a chef in a restaurant, but I've eaten in restaurants. So I got that going for me. Um, from what I've heard from other people that own restaurants, they're like, you make a little money on the food. You make most of your money on the booze. So how do you navigate? And is that even true? Well, your, your margins on your liquor help you a lot. Yeah. And, you know, it all depends on what type of restaurant you have, you know, uh, I speak, I've had a restaurant that had a full liquor license uh-huh. and, you know, it's, it's a profitable thing, mm-hmm. you know, especially if you have a full bar and it, it, if you just have a beer and wine license, it's still very profitable. Yes. But if, you know, you're a good chef and you, and you price your product right, you, sh- you know, 
it's incorrect to assume that if you only sell food, you can't make it right. because that means you're not structuring your menu or your pricing properly. Right. You know, uh, which is fairly prevalent in the restaurant business. Of course. Uh, yeah. Lot, like, uh, you know, I use the example in any profession there, there's people who are really good in it. Mm-hmm. There's people who are in the middle and there's people at the bottom. Mm-hmm. They're all chefs or they're all doctors or they're all lawyers or plumbers or electricians. But there is a level of professionalism and expertise that people assume and between education and training and and some people really know what they're doing and other people's don't. Yeah. And they're the ones I think who it's easy for them to say, Oh, if you don't have liquor, you don't make money. Right. Because they don't right. know they how to use make that it. as their crutch. Yeah. Right. It's a good compensator and it puts you over the top. And you know, you're always gonna make money when you sell alcohol that's a fact yeah but at this point in my life i I just want to concentrate on the food yes i don't want to be a bar owner or you know i like cocktails but i don't really want (laughs) to i saw that glass of wine i was like wow he's like toying with the things but that wine actually went into i took a couple couple sips of the red wine and then i deglazed the uh, pan of short ribs with it so i was like oh it was more for the food than it was right i was just sampling that's all but uh, (laughs) so Besides wanting the liquor license, and we're not going to harp on this any bit more, because I love the fact that you're taking it about the caliber of the food, the quality of the food. Why, why that direction down here in Florida? Because you, you want to increase the quality, continue to increase the quality of the food you produce? Well, I just like to concentrate on my field of expertise, which mm. is food. Uh, and you know, it's it's a lifetime of appreciation of all different type of cuisines. Yeah. And I mean, I focus primarily on Mediterranean, Italian, French, Spanish influence there. Uh, but I love all kinds of food. Yeah. And at this point, I just want to focus on a high quality product, yes. simple ingredients and a I don't want to say upscale because it's not an upscale restaurant, but the level of food the quality is upscale. It's an upscale yes. quality, but it's an unpretentious environment. Yes. And I think to me, that's what I'm shooting for here. That's why it's small. I, I don't want to have a hundred seats or 150 or 200 seats and deal with that. Right. I mean, I, I like the idea of the intimacy with the customer mm-hmm. and it's basically a restaurant for foodies. Mm-hmm. If you're a foodie, you're going to love it. If you're looking for a quick bite just to get in and out, it's not going to be for you. Yeah, and you the know? thing is... And I mean, it's okay because there's there's all different types of restaurants of for all different types of yes. dining. I mean, I, I want somebody to have a great experience food-wise, be happy with their wine or whatever they're bringing to enjoy, Yeah, and it, it, it equals a, a, a really good experience because... Yeah. Everybody seems to be taking to it, you know. Yeah, and I and I love, I love that you're tailoring the type of clientele based on what you're having. So if you're having the high end quality food and you're not having in a bar and, and you're not pumping out, you know, tuna sandwiches over here, then you are calling to that kind of customer that makes you happy as a chef to see in here. Well, it's definitely a niche market, yeah. and you know locals who live here yeah know the restaurants in key west i think and they all have their favorite little spots i just want to be one of the new favorite little spots yeah. i think that you know with the amount of seating i have 
it's a good fit. Yes. I don't need to do a hundred dinners. I don't need to do 75 dinners every day. If I do 25 dinners and they're perfect, that's what I'm shooting for. Right. If I do 35 and they're perfect, that's okay. Yeah. But no more than 40 to 40 people a night to me is the most impact I could make individually as a chef mm. from scratch cooking from the time they walk in, nothing is made. And it's assembled and turned out right in front of them. I think that's a niche that I that I, I'm, I'm going for. For sure, yeah. for sure. And you're like I'm witnessing it here. You're preparing meals for dinner time at one thirty, one o'clock. Well, some of the long cooked yeah. items, yeah. And I'm going to do my pastry after we wrap yeah. up this interview. Yeah, we're going to make a well, tiramisu, a chocolate ganache, wow. a carrot cake, and some. Uh, I'm going to prep for some soufflés. So you're making those too. Oh, I make all the pastry, yeah. So you're a chef and a baker. Well, all, all classically trained chefs have some yeah. background in pastry and baking. It's not their forte, but mm -hmm. over the years, you some chefs put more into it. Some don't want to be bothered right, with it. Right. It's a whole different vibe. If you're a pastry chef baker, it's it's a different to more of a patient artistic, you know. I'm not really an artistic pastry chef at all. I just try to bring same way I approach my food is just really good, basic quality ingredients in a classic, in a classic uh, dessert. So. Yeah, no, that's great. So tell me about the, the menu. Is it a fixed menu and then a percentage of it is new every day? How's that? Well, <clears throat> the goal was to have a verbal menu, which is what we're doing, where a lot of people think, oh, we only have one or two things a night. And it's, you know, it's just people get misconstrued the idea. Yeah. It's, it's basically eight to ten things every night. And they rotate, they change. Mm. Certain things since I've opened have been so popular and people have been talking about it that I don't want to take it off because they're coming in specifically for that. Yes. Uh, I try to do four appetizers and four or five entrees. I try to do one or two pastas, one uh, – red meat i try to do uh two shellfish and two fresh fish mm -hmm. and then the appetizers you've seen the short ribs yeah. i i make uh today i'm going to make a mushroom ravioli mm. uh, i'm going to have uh roasted artichokes whole roasted artichokes so i try to and then shrimp and scallops i try to work it in where the next day i may do a porterhouse and a veal medallions or the mm. next day after that it keeps me interested yeah. where i'm not making the same thing over and over and over so and you over may again. use some of the same ingredients just um make different dishes out of them so you'll buy a specific amount of say shrimp and then yeah. you'll use it for today and then tomorrow or however long yeah. you can so it's not like you're getting yeah, the sauces will change but right. you know you might have a shellfish like a shrimp dish today which would be with fresh plum tomatoes and fresh hot peppers uh-huh but tomorrow, it might, I may grill them and top it on top of a piece of fish mm. with a totally different sauce. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, the sauces are the key. Of course. And, you the French-Italian background. Yeah, I mean, like it's uh, a saucier is, is my forte, mm. is making things, you know, a shrimp is a shrimp is a shrimp. Right. You know, it's what you, you know, you could grill a shrimp and have it seasoned with fresh lemon and it's an amazing dish. And then you can make an entirely different sauce yes. the next day and, you know, still have the shrimp. So yes. I do that with a lot of things, mm. you know, whether it's a ribeye steak or a porterhouse or a veal chop, lamb racks, uh, 
it just keeps me interested and yes. it keeps it fresh. So when people come in, if they come in once a week, they're not looking at the same menu they looked at the week before. Yes. Or if they come in twice a week, which amazingly some people are already coming in once or twice a week. So they're liking the vibe that, that they could get something that's everything's different the night they come in from the previous night. So. Yeah. And what people need to realize about sauces is, is as a, a person who likes to cook at home, I'm an Italian. I have my family's recipes and I cook at home. For for the home cooker, a lot of times it's like, oh, different seasoning because we're not trained in the sauces, which is the really hard part to make those flavors come out. So I'm glad you mentioned that because that's what you can take a 10 shrimp and make 10 different meals out of it just with the changing of those sauces. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, there's different stocks. I use all, make all my own stocks yeah, and wow. stuff. So. And that's the basis of my food is, is my stocks and the, the secondary sauces I make from the stocks. Yeah. And, you know, it's just also a, a long career and exposure to right. all, all different types of things that, you know, you come up with a specific style. I yeah. Mean, I, I, stylistically, I'm a very simplistic mm. chef. Mm. I just start with really good ingredients yes. and really fresh product. And it's, it's, it's hard to mess it up. Yeah. I mean, if you know, For you can overcook something, but <laughs> right. I mean, at this point, if I'm overcooking stuff, then I should retire. <laughs> Back it in. So when you're coming up with the next day's menu, is that in the morning or is it the night before? Well, I'll, I'll call some of my uh, purveyors and see what fish are available. Mm -hmm. Like tonight I have uh, bronzino, which is a Mediterranean sea bass. I have yellowtail snapper. I have uh, jumbo sea scallops. Tomorrow I have Chilean sea bass coming in. I have, I think I'm having some wahoo come in tomorrow. Mm. So, you know, I don't get huge amounts. Right. So I'll get six, seven pounds of one thing, sell it out. And so my, I'm constantly getting a new delivery on a regular basis yeah, of that. fresh because I have limited space. I have limited storage. The restaurant is 685 square feet. Right. Uh, it's not a big place. I have no freezer, so everything is. I have one refrigerator. It comes in, <laughs> right? But by the end of the night, there's nothing in the refrigerator, so it's kind of. It's nice. <laughs> it's a it's a more effort on my part every day to, to coordinate the stuff, but it's you know it's like coming to my house for dinner, right? And uh, that's what I like about it. Yeah, it's, I could tell you're like really happy about doing it your way like yeah. that. And so, you know, there's so many. You know, there's a lot of big restaurants and there's a lot of great restaurants that are big. But, you know, before I owned my own places, I worked. I was an executive chef. And I always thought the weak link in a 250 or 300 seat restaurant, no matter how high quality you were, it's hard to do. It's hard to have the impact because there's always weak links yes. in the kitchen because yes. you may have four or five really good guys working and two or three guys that are mediocre. Yeah. So whatever they're making, it's hard. You know, you, you, the consistency, right? To have really quality at a high volume, it's it's very difficult to do. And anybody that does that, a restaurant that can do that, with really good, high quality consistency, is to be applauded because it's very difficult. People don't realize how difficult yeah. it is to yeah. coordinate six or seven people that are working and turning out food. I bet. Oh, I bet. So you guys open at seven. When is your first reservation at seven? No, no, we open at six. Okay. Six. Yeah. We open at six and usually tonight we have half, we'll have around 14 or 18 people come in and then we try to spread it out mm -hmm. every half hour. 
So we, we're, we're so the people who are six, I allow at least an hour and a half. I don't yeah. want to rush people. I don't yeah. think this is the type of place you come in and you want to be in and out in 45 minutes. Right. The atmosphere is so homey that you just want to And that, that's little. what I'm going for. I, yeah. don't, I don't want, you know, that's why I do the reservation. Uh, people said I'm small. Everybody recommended I just let people wait. I, I don't want people waiting out on the right. sidewalk. Right. You know, and I, then your last, res- your last reservation. Is whenever they came in, I took a reservation at 10 o'clock last night. Okay. Which is okay by me. I am a night owl by nature, and like most chefs, you're used to working. That anybody late. who wants to come out at ten o'clock, I love them yeah. because that's you yeah, know yeah. that's to me is that's when you should be nine thirty ten. Right, right. <laughs> you know, but that's how I grew up. We ate late, and mm-hmm. uh, we had some. You know, it was just a. But it it, it it's fun to have it spread out, right? You know? And. It, it makes me feel like, you know, you have a little slice of, I want to say the European way of approaching. Yeah. I mean, you were dining where, you know, it. you don't have to be here at exactly that time. Mm-hmm. You come in, you, you, maybe you'll just get a couple dishes. You maybe not get a big formal dinner, but you may get three or four apps, yeah. some bread, have some wine, relax, talk. Yeah. You know, well, if it w- we were in Italy, it would be like that, and then two hours later, then you start ordering your main food right. because you'd have like lunch and dinner, like dinner. It's like yeah. they blend into one, except it starts at like seven and it yeah. ends at midnight. And you know, to me, my my, I have a blast when I look out and I see people that are done and are just sitting there talking and having a good time, and that's the environment you yes. want. You know, yes. it's not a place where you come, you sit. It's not a machine. You're yeah. not making a machine here. You're making it's, like it's the whole thing. Yeah, you know? it can get like, a little loud, like Uncle Rich's kitchen over yeah. here. Right? <laughs> That's like it is. They're coming over for Thanksgiving. You know, if you get a full crowd in here, it can be a little. It can be a little loud. And yeah. and some people have said to me, "Oh, you know, you need to address the noise issue." And I'm going to. But you know, part of the dynamic of a small place is the yeah is the action. Of course, and, but it it, does, it tends to be. A little loud. I have- remember going to my grandmother's house, and let me tell you, it was loud from the minute we all got there. To the <laughs> middle, but that's because we were all loud, that's and right. we had that going on too. So, right. I'm looking at the kitchen here. Do you have any sous chefs? Is it just you? The- it's just me. That's the other reason it's small because I make literally everything. From- so you're cooking everything, and then there's a server, and a couple a of server, servers, and yep. that's it. Server and one dishwasher. Wow. So one server. One dishwasher, because in all honesty, you have a good server. This in, in a really big yeah. restaurant, this is the section they'd have anyway. Well, I don't know if they'd have nine tables, but right. they'd have a a really good server in a really busy place. It would have at least four table stations. Okay, four so you have, still have one server though. Yeah. Well, I have two. Uh, you know, I I do a lot of service because yeah. if I'm, if the dinner's ready and somebody's sitting, you here, just bring it right out. I bring it right out to yeah. them. Yeah, you know, I I don't need to have a you know. Everybody's standing in the back waiting for the food to come up because I could walk two feet and deliver an appetizer. So if the server's talking, taking an order, I'm delivering the food. But it seems like you would like to do that too, meet the customer, right? Oh, yeah, because that's why it's open. That's why it's it's to create, you know, a place where people are, this is going to be their place. Yeah. You know, and that's what I'm gunning for. I could feel it. Some of my favorite memories of... All the restaurants I've ever been to have been those little spots exactly like this in New York where you, you're on your way to walk to one place and you round the corner and there's this little light shimmering and you walk up the stoop and it's something about this size and you just fall in love with the atmosphere. Because and, you, and you know the people. I mean, I've only been open yeah. three weeks, but we've had 
repeat diners, some here three and four times in three weeks. Right. And I feel like I've known them for years. For sure. I mean, you know, I've talked to them because you, as the night slows down and everybody's finishing their wine, you strike up a conversation, you talk, you talk about the food, you talk about where they're from or are they from here originally or wherever they're at. How are you doing that while you have stuff cooking? I mean, I'm sure that's all these decades of years of experience, right? Well, I got ADHD. I'm a hyper person. I'm, I'm <laughs> you got contr- your leg working the yeah, pot. I, the am, uh, <laughs> I am controlling myself as I speak and deliberately slowing myself down. <laughs> I'm sure you noticed that. You've been great. No, you've been great. But uh, I think it's only benefits you if you're hyper and you work yeah, in a yeah. restaurant. You oh, know, yeah. it, it helps you. You just deal. It's easy for me to hyper focus. I could be cooking five different things and delivering an appetizer and know wow. exactly what's ready. Right. So it's kind of fun that way. And yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's a, at this point in my life, it's a personal challenge to see how much I can do. Yeah. yeah. It's almost like, like an athletic event. Right. It's but like, you put in the reps, like people got to understand here. It's not like you're one year out of culinary school and you're coming to do oh, this. No, no, you put no. in the reps from washing dishes all the way up and put in the reps as an owner. So like, you know, you do have that that makes it a little bit easier where you don't, you don't like have your watch with a timer that beeps saying the pasta's ready. You just, some, something in the back of your mind is like, it's ready. And you just know because all the time. It's, it's funny about the, 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 the experience. When I graduated cooking school, I went for a job interview, a very famous restaurant tour. And he said to me, do you really love being a chef or do you like making money? restaurants (laughs) restaurants <laughs> and i said i think i love being a chef he says that's too bad yeah he said that should be your second choice yeah he said if you go into restaurant business it should be business should be your first thing and i didn't understand it at 22 mm-hmm. and he said i'll give you a recommendation he said if you want to make money in a food business i'll never forget this it crushed my bubble yeah he said get a franchise huh he said, I made a million dollars a year, and I knew nothing. I never set foot. He bought, like, fast food places. Right. He said, I hired a GM. I invested the money. And he said, and I did incredibly well. He said, but if you love what you do, you'll be successful. He said, but you should think about a franchise. <laughs> he kept telling me that. And I, and, I, and I always remember that as I got older, and I opened my first restaurant, and it'd be frustrating, and, yeah. you know, you'd be – you know, stressing over the quality and this, and I'm thinking, wow, I guess when you have a franchise, everything's laid out for you. You just, you just hit the, hit the button. Everything's done. It's just high volume, but you know, it wasn't me. I I wanted to make an impact on a customer and I wanted to put my soul on the plate, my name on the plate. And I think I've never lost that. And if I can go back, I'd probably still do the same thing. Yeah. I mean, having an answer to me, that's, that's the worst advice someone could give because that's like saying you want to be a musician. Say, no, no, forget that. Just do jingles because you can make more money. Well, he was a real practical guy, very successful. And, but if you, you want know, to be yeah. in business and make money, there's other ways even besides restaurant business yeah. that are a lot easier because even that is yeah. a difficult thing well, to do. Well, he said on. if you're going to be in the restaurant Got business, it. if you choose that as your field – he said, consider franchising. <laughs> I can see that's you in the back slinging yeah. uh, burgers and <laughs> but cooking up fries. Yeah. But it was an interesting conversation, course, you know, and he was very, 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 very successful. And I was a kid and he, yeah. he took the time to talk to me. And I, I walked out and, I, and he said, I know, I know it's a hard thing. I'm telling you, he said, but you'll probably be okay. He yeah. said, but, you know, 
Well, at least you knew kind of right away. You're like, okay, listen, I want to do things that I love more than I'll take making a little bit less money, but do something that makes me. Well, I knew when I left the office, he was never going to be a a customer of mine. Right. Because he didn't care about food that much. (laughs) Right. Exactly. He's like, why am I going to come here and wait? It's too loud. Yeah. Okay. So you guys opened in July. No, no. We opened October 20th. We oh. moved here in July. Wow. Started, so yeah. you like just opened. Yep. Three weeks. Okay. So weeks. you the, open the, the doors the first day. Did you do any marketing? What did you do to get the word out? You know, I didn't do anything. I, I thought it was small enough and word of mouth is all you need. I, I, I How'd you spread it? Like someone you well, had Well, we've tell. been here and we've been, we've met a lot of Got really it. interesting and incredible people here since we moved here. That were we told them what we were doing. They were very supportive. They, they anything they offered help. Yeah, you know, amazing, amazing. You know, you don't see or meet people like that where I grew up. Me neither. <laughs> no, it's a, you know, exceptional. Uh, here everybody was in my corner. Everybody was supportive. Everybody was whatever you you know didn't want anything. Yeah. Just wanted me to and. They have been living here for years, and they've told their friends. And so there was a little bit of a pre-buzz. And then once I opened, they all came out and support. And then once they were here and And had food, then they've told their friends. And, you know, the first week it was, you know, we did fairly well. And then the second week was Fantasy Fantasy Fest. Fest. So that was very interesting for me. I've never been here for Fantasy Fest. Right. That's my first Fantasy Fest. And everybody, I seen the parades and the snap, but we were kind of slow that week because it was the, you know, but we had some locals coming in. They yeah. were seeking refuge. Right, right. <laughs> and they had a blast. They were here on a Saturday night and they loved the fact that they could just rest here for <laughs> two hours and have wine and it was very quiet. Yeah. And, and then, then the third the, week. after that, it's just been sold out every night that's I awesome mean, it, it's been a wonderful experience i i can't thank everybody enough who, who's been here and have but nothing but kind words for us and and it's amazing yeah. it's amazing it, it's it's probably one of the best experiences i've ever had either as an executive chef or as an owner mm. the last couple of weeks here has been amazing yeah, the people will pull together for each other yeah. here big time. And that's one of the reasons why my family and I moved here. For that's sure. why I moved here. Yeah, because yeah. the people are just amazing. So it, it, it's, a, it's a sense of uh, it, nobody's looking for anything. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just looking to be who they are and yeah. be a good person and help people. And, you know, genuine, it's genuine. Yeah. And, you know, you can spot somebody that's not genuine pretty Of quickly. course, of yeah. course. That's the thing. Our BS detectors are on yeah. high alert nowadays. And yeah. it's easy when you're like, what do they want? But on the same token, when you've had 30 years of people always wanting something, there's a little bit you of create that. a cynicism. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's, you know, you can tell with the people here, they really do yeah. care, which I love. So I've met, I'd say in the last five months that I've been here, I have more friends that I would call a friend that I've had for the last 20 years of people. Yeah. You meet a lot of people, yes. a lot of acquaintances, a yeah, lot of, of people, you know, right. Especially in the restaurant business. Yeah. Cause they want to be your to friend. Say somebody you can count on and you call them up for help. That's, yeah. That's pretty, uh, that's a friend. And yeah. I, I have called in help here when I first, first couple of weeks and they've been there for me and mm. that's amazing. Yeah. You know, whether I was needed help in the dish pit or I needed help in the dining room or I, you know, People have been there and it's, it's That's great. It's amazing. That's great. Great. Yeah. So I know that you're busy. We're going to be wrapping up over here in a second. Um, 
where could people find more about you? The website, social media, uh, we have, uh, social media, Facebook, Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife handles all that stuff. I know. Uh, I was chatting with her how we got this intro. I am a technological failure. <laughs> <laughs> You're a food genius. Yeah, you I talk uh, to your wife, but. I can cook, but right. I, I can't. I can't do much else. Well, you can. Here's the thing: you can learn tech with Google yeah. and YouTube, but you cannot learn cooking yeah. with Google and YouTube. My so. my my daughter uh, guides me through things if I have problems mm-hmm. with technical things. Yeah. Well, I'll put all that stuff in the notes, so when people want to find you, they'll be able to see yeah. you all there. The last parting question: Who's Lola? Lola is my daughter. That's okay. a name for our daughter who doesn't really care to the restaurant's name after we thought it was kind of cool she was like yeah right does she live here too yeah she lives here yeah. awesome she's okay. 13 and she well, that's uh, why she doesn't care she, got she doesn't other, care other things yeah. <laughs> when she's 16 and she comes walking in with her friends you're like oh my god this that's is what i'm a, thinking the famous lola's she'll be like yeah now i like it she got she got your name out on the on, on in the window <laughs> she's like uh i don't care yeah <laughs> but it's cool yeah 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 it's good she so likes to eat, though. She likes to eat. And I'm sure she loves your cooking. <laughs> yes, she but I'm does. sure she's also like, but dad, I come in the restaurant. This is like what I eat at home That's anyway. Right. So yeah. she's kind of used to this. Yeah, she uh, doesn't know what all the hubbub is about. She right. just says, uh, I have some shrimp. I'll have some chicken. I'll have some pasta. <laughs> yeah, she's like, dad, pasta with butter. You're like, I make that at home. I don't make that here. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, chef, it was great to talk to you. Um, I think there's a lot of nuggets that people could learn about you and this business. We're here to support locals. Um, if you're down here, you got to check this place out. I'm definitely going to make a reservation for whenever there is availability. Um, my wife and I are going to just adore this place. If you're coming into town and you are looking for this amazing type food because you don't have this kind of restaurants where you live, please make reservations. Look in the show notes. You'll find out ways to do that. And again, we appreciate you. Thank you again, chef. Thank you. You got it. Hi, everyone. One last thing before you go. If you can, please leave a comment and rate the podcast in any of the apps that you listen to us in. It'll mean the world to us. That's it. Have a great day.